0: Hello and welcome to Please Don't Send Me Into Outer Space, the podcast intent on exploring all that science fiction and fantasy has to offer one movie at a time. My name is Joel, the space explorer. Woo! Anybody else?
1: Is there anyone else out there? No, I'm alone in the Can room. Can you hear me?
0: The solo episode. This is Aaron too, hey. Oh, yeah, Aaron's here.
2: This is Sarah.
0: Oh, Sarah, Okay. this week was 2001, A Space Odyssey, from 1968, directed by Stanley Kubrick. Starring Keir Du... Dewe- uh, 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 His name is Keir Du sorry, as uh, Dave Bowman. Gary Lockwood as Frank Bull, William Sylvester as Dr. Floyd, and Douglas Rain as the HAL 9, Thousand, Aaron. Are you raising your hand because you have a question? Nah, man. I'm just. You're stretching. Just stretching, man. You're Get, stretching. Getting into this. That's good. This is a serious movie. Warm it up. It's a very serious mm-hmm. discussion here. So, uh, this was my selection on mm-hmm. the uh, out out of the movie that I would want to talk about on this. Uh, what what is this program called? Oh, a podcast. And uh, I don't want to synopsize it, but that's kind of what has to happen, right? When somebody chooses something, sure. That being the one. So the synopsis is there are things called monoliths. Mo- mon Did- D- Say the word, please. Monolith? Monoliths.
1: Monolith. I don't know. What is the plural of a monolith? Monoliths.
0: I think it's monoliths. Monoliths. Monolithies. Monolith. Monolith. Monolithi.
1: I don't know if that... Yeah, what is it? Would would you call it the uh, Stonehenge? Is that a series
0: of monoliths? (laughs) A henge? (laughs) A series of of henges show up. (laughs) In different points in the human history. Mm. Starting at the dawn of time. Or dawn of man, rather. Showing up later at the beginning of the space age. Or not even the beginning, it's a little too advanced to be the beginning, but the middle of the space age and then progressing on, launching us towards a mystery taking place on Jupiter. The main part of the movie takes place on a spacecraft on its way to the first manned mission to Jupiter that turns out to have a secret reason for going, a secret that is only known by the government. The officials of NASA, who sent them out, and the computer, Hal nine thousand. And because of that, several events are triggered, and we go beyond space and time to see a peek into what really is out there. The secret is e t the extraterrestrial
1: <laughs> Far
0: out, man. I don't know if it's whistles carry over. <laughs> This movie so is far so out.
1: that's
2: the synopsis. Yeah, pretty good. Eh? But what about if, like, you're just watching with your eyes, like, you, like you just watched yeah. it and saw things happening in the movie?
0: Okay, let me start over. So there's a there's a monkey. The monkey, by the I way, Joel. I don't, I don't know. know. I don't get the, yeah, the name okay. of it. It's a bunch of mine or uh, like expert like mine. Oh, actors. for reals? Uh huh. That's cool. All of those were played by those. And oh. there's monkeys and there's pigs and there's I'm bad just, monkeys. I was just wondering,
1: how do you sign up to, to be a monkey in a in a in a Kubrick film? You know, you become I mean, a mine to be like like. Is it just you know a guy <laughs> it's a dream? And then who knows a guy who knows Stanley Kubrick and the he's like he's dream. like, I need I need people to be <laughs> monkeys. Where where can I find these guys? You know, is that how it was? Yeah. Is it like a Hollywood connection
0: kind they, of thing? They were probably in the middle of the park doing a production of, uh, of what, Jesus Christ Superstar or hair or... or <laughs> what's, the, what's the one where talking G- about the Jesus ones... is a hippie?
1: Oh, oh I'm sorry. I, kept, I, was just, I It probably came out years later, but I was just thinking about Ringo Starr's, like, uh, uh, caveman, caveman oh, film. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think that was a 70s film. Yeah. That was a 70s film. Came out years later, yeah. but... Of, they're just looking for people
0: hanging out with Ringo Starr. and like, you look So like next caveman. week we'll be watching Caveman. No. Oh God. <laughs> no, we will not. Oh. It may happen eventually. <laughs> okay, so monkeys, Black Rock, space, space station on the moon. Okay. Another Black Rock. Spaceship going to Jupiter. Robot <laughs> Robot Evil question mark. Accidents. No more robot. Going through a portal, weird room, floating space baby.
2: Okay, from my eye's perspective, I had no... I'd heard people talk about, you know, the computer that says Dave. (laughs) (laughs) Dave. (laughs) That's That's the the only word he can say. (laughs) Um, That's great. Like I this. feel like it's kind of... In pop culture, it's kind of been broken down to just the computer talking to him. Um, yeah. I hadn't seen this movie before. And I'm 34 years old, and I'm really surprised I've never seen this movie <sighs> before. But I saw it, and my experience of it was um the passage of time from, like, the beginning of man... And I didn't know anything about these monoliths or these, you know, whatever you just said.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Space rocks.
2: I, I was calling the monolith a brick. I said there is a brick that came and then later yeah. on there was another brick. Yeah. Yeah. Like a very famous
1: alt rock song, right? Okay. I don't know. I don't know. Actually, That's the first thing I thought when you said that. You know
2: what? This reminded me of that weird third eye blind song. Uh-huh. Do you know?
1: <laughs> no. Tell me. Tell me.
2: No, I It's a dorky song about a spaceman and an ape.
1: Oh, that's cool. (laughs) I've listened to some Third Eye Blind. I enjoy... I'll have to look that one up. Um, cool. I'm not
0: aware of that. Yeah.
2: Um. Anyway, you can edit that out if you want. I, I just am kind
0: editing of... everything you say out. It's just you're not actually in the podcast. I finally revealed it to you. I, I'm going to jettison Joel from the podcast nah. pretty soon. <laughs> well, you know,
2: we shall rise you can, up. Yeah, you we'll can rise say against. Stuff.
0: I don't understand why you think that you, what you say is not.
2: I just don't know if it's on topic.
0: Uh, Our topic is wherever we want to yeah. go. It's okay. an entertainment. So. Hey, okay. So I have a list of from most important to least important that we need to talk about. So let's start with the first one. Okay, what do you got? The fashion. What'd you think of the fashion?
1: <laughs> <laughs> are you talking in, about in this the, movie? Are you talking about like how the the apes ate things? No, not how are the apes. are talking, like, talking about very fashionably like sat 60s, around in circles. The and, '60s like,
0: inspired uh, uh, everything okay. that people were wearing. All how, right, how all great right. Great that was.
1: Well, I have to say that the ladies, uh, the ladies' um, uh, space space waitress clothes mm-hmm. was pretty cool. Space waitress, I don't <laughs> flight, flight, space, space flight, flight attendant. attendant. <laughs> yeah, space waitress. Spacetress. That's waitress. Uh, yeah, I don't. Know. Well, I don't know what I'm saying, but um, <laughs> I thought that was pretty cool. Um, the suits are pretty cool they were wearing too. It was very interesting that the, just the brown tones and the gray tones a lot of people were wearing. I was
2: really mod. The whole thing was super mod. Yeah. Um and really well, I talk about my mom a lot on this podcast.
0: <laughs> yeah, she is your greatest science fiction. I'm really I'm
2: really yeah. close with my mom and she is not only a very big sci-fi fan, but also a collector of Danish modern furniture and awesome. that was sort of the motif of this whole movie was like modern design furniture. And modern design is still cool. So I oh, think yeah. that means that it is futuristic. So why not? You know, it does, it makes the movie seem less dated. Yeah. If it had been in the 80s and they made it look all 80s, it probably would look very terrible now. Yeah. But, yeah. um, they were in. They were in the '60s. They were into modern design, form and function together, and it still looks futuristic.
0: Yeah, totally. And not just that—that that vision of the you know Jetsons future or the uh, Lost in Space future, anyways. Yeah, I think yeah, that aesthetic fits in to what people still might think of as when things become streamlined and when the way it has to look when we're out out there. In space, <clears throat> floating
1: around. I mean, watching watching the film recently, uh, the one thing I, I noticed too that I just had this like sense of regret that our modern spacesuits don't look like the ones featured in the film. Like they were just so dynamic. and So Those cool suits looking. Were
2: so cool. It's,
1: it's yeah. I mean, and when you look at you know an astronaut kind of going out doing his or his or her spacewalk thing, you're kind of like, well, they look like a potato wrapped up in tinfoil just kind of thrown in space you know <laughs> like, because you just don't yeah, get the same yeah
0: haven't mastered safety yet and I think we you know safety when aesthetic becomes a concern because of commercialization or whatever when we have Howard Johnson's in space uh, yeah and then then maybe we'll see the kind of uh, modern fiction sci-fi uh, astronaut equipment but it's, I mean, yeah.
2: I loved it, actually. I I felt like the movie was um, visually stunning and not at all dated. Um, and I felt like in another way, it was completely understated. And I really liked that about it. There wasn't, you know, explosions happening every second. And you know all these.
0: <laughs> there un- were all these Quincy's creatures. Quest,
2: yeah. <laughs> there weren't all of these. You know.
0: Comparing it to the cream of the crop here, that's not absolutely. Don't compare movies to Quincy's Quest. Oh, right? I'm sorry. Not... <laughs> You're right. Kubert would never have the same. He doesn't. He doesn't have. <laughs> He's a match-up. Vision. Yeah. I understand. For God's sake. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> sorry, Sarah. I'm sorry. Yeah. No,
2: it's okay. Um...
0: It's like hardware. Come on.
2: Sometimes I get ahead of myself when I'm watching a movie and I'm trying to expect what's going to happen and I always try to stop myself. But I had no idea where this was going, for sure. I I guess no one ever really spoiled it for me before now. And um you can't really describe it to a person if they haven't seen it yet. I think, you know, um it's something you just have to see for yourself and take away with it take away whatever you will from it
0: You probably assumed that it had been spoiled with you just finding out there was <laughs> a psychotic robot because that's what you yeah. but that's the most prominent thing about this movie that's if somebody has a poster it's that red eye looking at you
2: yeah I thought I thought for sure that it was um, gonna be that was going to be their problem in this movie and that was going to be their their point or somehow the finality of the movie was going to come about through that. Uh i don't know but um yeah <laughs> everybody's probably seen this movie but me but um i think it's a great movie if you haven't seen it yet you should definitely watch it I it's don't... a little slow paced but it's worth it
0: i mean i don't think it's the kind of movie that say somebody who's a big star wars fan is going to be like, "Oh, you have to watch this too. You like Star Wars? You should watch this." Like, this is the kind of movie I want to show to people who are into arty or indie <laughs> movies and be like, "I know you maybe you don't watch that many sci-fi stuff, but check this out."
1: Yeah, I could see I could see that. Someone who's collected every single Stargate thing might not be as interested <laughs> every series of Stargate. But, uh you know, yeah, I see what you're saying. It is definitely it feels like more of an art film, but I, I think I think it really it really captures a certain majesty to sci-fi that uh it's unlike anything else that's quite out there that or that's even been made since the sixties. I can't you know it's just it it has its spot in in, in film and it's just it's amazing, quite
0: an amazing film. So, next on the list I wanted to talk about, I have the models and the effects. You were talking about there's no explosions in this movie, but... I mean, there there are... Uh, I can think of ex- at least one specific kind of explosion, and that's when Dave has to blow himself out of the pod in order to get into the airlock when uh, Hal wouldn't open the door for him. And because they were going for a realistic touch, there is no sound to that scene. It's just like boom a rush of air and steam when he blows off the bolts on the outside of the door and gets flung into the, the thing and it's you know that is one of the most what one of the amazing things that happens like all the anti gravity scenes that happen in this movie all the the space ballet that goes on with the models i think is just utterly stunning breathtaking you watch this and you can see where George Lucas was probably inspired for a lot of his model work on Star Wars. Except for, you know, a lot less lasers. <laughs> Nothing to say? Yep.
2: No, no, I agree. I I think that the effects were really good. Oh,
1: yeah. <laughs> you didn't ruin anything, Joel. Uh, mod- models were, were a big deal in um, my household growing up. Um, my family's pretty big sci-fi buffs. So we collected a lot of models, made a lot of models, talked a lot, a lot about a lot about a lot of mo- models. Watched watched tons of science fiction things, and we paused while we we're watching, and so we could look at the models, you know. And uh, I remember we even made like a space station out of matchsticks. I think once, me and my dad. Oh, that's crazy. It was really cool looking. A little bit modeled after the uh, the, um, the spacecraft in the uh, two thousand one. A little like bit, the kind the of circle wheel. Thing. Yeah, the circle wheel yeah, thing. That's so cool. Yeah, we we, we constructed something like that. That's yeah, really cool. Uh, yeah. No models. It's it's a big part of sci fi, man. I mean, you got to have that three or four minutes in your your film of you know some some sort of like looming you know uh, noise coming from a vent somewhere as you like pass pass over you know the model you know to re- to really capture the the majesty of where you're at and what's going on and (laughs) and uh, I think a lot of that is derived from this directly I mean uh, have you ever seen uh, a red dwarf by -hmm. any chance it's a British TV show about uh, about a guy who's trapped on this spaceship called red dwarf and uh, I would say about five minutes of each episode is just the camera panning over the ship with some with some music in the background going on where did that come from 2001 of course you know like yeah. you know just like immediately from you know you can you can tell by watching this film how much how much it's 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 inspired uh sci-fi all around yeah
2: other movies yeah other shows
0: i know that nerds that are like us know that the origin of shots like that that you were talking about are from this movie like the basically the origin of the scoping over the model making the ship look as big as it is but i wonder how many people who aren't super nerds think that that or originated with like star wars probably most people most people would say it originated from star wars Mm because
1: well that's pretty much one of the definitive sci-fi films you know The, the scene where you see the star destroyer you know going over that's in everyone's everyone's mind super cool
0: all right. What did you guys think about the acting in the movie? Well, I would... Uh,
1: I mean, this... Yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> well, I, the monkeys, the, the apes, the apes were definitely apes, you know? They did oh, a great yeah. job doing doing their ape thing. Super expressive mime work, Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You can tell. They did a really good job. did a really good job. Uh, I kind of... Just real briefly, I just wanted to touch point that I thought it was really cool in, in most of the scenes that they were able to include animals, like um, you know, and, and I just thought it was very interesting that they weren't like afraid of the apes, you know, that there was no animosity towards them, yeah, until the monolith showed up and then and then, well, I mean, the animals were still very docile, but but you know the idea that they could eat meat was was then like represented in in that in that scene. I thought it was actually really cool, and it made me wonder while I was watching it. Like, like, did that change the animals' behavior as well? Like, did were they like, well, crap, can't hang out with the monkeys anymore?
0: <laughs> like, yeah, it only takes a couple of times before you get weary. Yeah, it seemed like the only predator before them was that wild cat. That was a that was a pretty intense scene. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that poor actor <laughs> hugged by a puma or whatever. <laughs> yeah. The acting in the movie strikes me as, as kind of a typical Stanley Kubrick, what he forces out of actors. He was notorious for like making people do takes over and over again until they sucked out almost all the emotion out of what they were doing, to the point where actors would feel like they were going crazy trying to get what he wanted. And that's what he wanted. He wanted them to give him the base, like, suck out any real acting. Let's see, you know, let's get down to, you're exhausted. Let's see what happens then. And there wasn't any emotional part in this movie, right? Nobody had any hardcore reactions except for with their, maybe with their body movements. But even when uh, they're up in on their way to Jupiter and things start going wrong, no, nobody's panicking, nobody's Yelling or anything like that. It's all measured, but (laughs) still so effective.
2: You asked me, you know, you just said, what do you guys think about the acting in this movie? And I was thinking, what acting? (laughs) 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 Because although the actors, I think, do a good job with their lines and everything in the movie, I didn't really feel like I was watching acting. I didn't really feel like there was overacting. I didn't feel like there were characters being played, um, which is maybe what he was going for, was a natural feeling of these people just being themselves or whatever was left after.
0: Yeah. (laughs) I mean,
2: hopefully it wasn't a horrible movie to be on because (laughs) it was amazing and we're all, you know, (laughs) everybody who likes it is just... Still so happy that we have had this film. So, um, I would hate to think that it came out of some negativity or something, mm-hmm. but, um, yeah, I think, I think especially after they're out towards Jupiter, it feels even less like acting. Um, except for the ending scene, which, yeah, there's some acting there, but, the rest of it is so understated that, like, I almost feel like the movie isn't meant to be viewed that way. It's meant to be viewed, it's it's visual, it's not necessarily theatrical.
1: Yeah, totally agree with you on that. You're you you you're getting, like, all of, like, it almost feels like you're, like, watching a painting, you know, in a lot of ways. You're getting just so much visual information uh, thrown at you. Um, I have to say though, one of the thing one of the things that, that, uh, uh, um, that struck me as kind of interesting, uh, one of my earlier viewings of this film, uh, a conversation between, uh, uh, an American and his, and his, and his daughter, uh, it's her birthday and, uh, and he's just, he's just taken the sp- space flight up to this, uh, this uh, station that's between earth and the moon and, uh, Dr. Uh, Floyd. Yeah. Dr. Floyd. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah owner of one of those uh, Swingin' 60s suits we were discussing earlier,
0: mm-hmm. he
1: uh, uh, he calls up his daughter, or he's calling up to talk to his wife on the space space pack bell phone. And uh, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, as they're discussing uh, stuff, because, you know, you can tell his daughter, which, you know, she acted very well, very you know, it's like someone who just put a camera on, you know maybe their daughter and decided to uh so Stanley Kubrick's daughter <laughs> yeah, specifically. Yeah. <laughs> and, like he just turned a camera on his daughter, you know, and asked her some questions, you know, and, and that's what she did. And but what was really interesting is he asked her what she wanted for her birthday, and she said a bush baby. And <laughs> I remember what this was probably like two or three months ago. I watched it with Campo, and we looked at each other like, Bush baby? Like and you know and of course we probably should have just like hopped on some sort of internet device to see you know what that actually meant because I didn't know if she collected I don't know like horrible stero- stereotypes or I don't know <laughs> some something I I don't know I don't I, I didn't know which type of future Kubrick was. Kubrick was trying to portray here uh, and I probably should have searched something because I, I had some some doubt about that but thankfully Joel searched it and uh, came up with uh, it's like some type of uh, <laughs> like I don't know like
0: jungle dwelling uh, so, yeah, it's <laughs> mammal African. Uh... It's it's a Senegal Senegal bush baby yeah it's got big ol' eyeballs. They're Galago, I guess they're also called. They're they're real cute looking. It's interesting, like uh, and and there's uh videos of people like having this as. I don't know if it's a pet, but you can see people like handling the animal and stuff like that. It's just not something we would have had in the U.S. Obviously. Yeah. Yeah. A bush baby. We'll have to <laughs> see about that. <laughs> Yeah. But that was the first time. It says
2: that they're from Africa.
0: Yeah. So
2: they might not be very normal in England either.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it's the future.
2: I wasn't thrown by the accent. I thought maybe her mom was just British or something. Yeah,
1: yeah. I wasn't thrown by the accent either. It was it was more of just that inclusion of that 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 that. I didn't know what the term "Bush baby" <laughs> meant. Are you I was you
2: like I will say she <laughs> was
1: the
0: worst actor in the movie. But, really? Uh, you know. <laughs> really. She did okay. Portrayed a little girl who's kind of. I uh, like I like neo-realism, but she wasn't going for what I was reaching for. I'm just right. you know they should have they should have prepped her better. No. Man, Joel, <laughs> Joel, Joel and Joel Joel and Kubrick both, huh? High standards for their actors. Throwing these children out. That's yep. why I can never be a, a children's play director. You know what? You're just not selling this happiest little puppy. I think we better get a different kid in here.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, I, really, I, just, I
1: mostly just wanted to bring that up just because I thought
0: that was kind of interesting. Uh, that's funny, yeah, cause I wrote that down just in case. <laughs> I like that. That's, that whole scene. Being on that space station like it's perfectly normal. Just to be out there, it's just a job, and this is just a place that you stop by. He took a Pan Am flight yeah. out there. You now, Pan Am was definitely going to exist in the future. You know, but at the same time, I
1: I don't think it's that that far out there, man. I mean, with with I mean, I don't know how deep you want to talk about this, but like with SpaceX and a bunch of other companies that are starting to like really get into you know space travel and space flight that aren't government owned. I hope companies.
0: So. You I know. hope. I hope it is something that is within our lifetimes. Something that's possible. Yeah. Yeah. I just don't know if people are willing to put their money in there. It's, it's like space so is something most people just don't want to care about. I don't
1: know. I don't know if there's any actual connection with it, but it'd be interesting to see with the with the usage of the internet if that has anything to do with with the, the depletion of space travel. <laughs> uh
0: uh yeah. I don't know. Nobody just go out there. I got no fact behind that. It's just an inter- interesting thought. <laughs> you should make a Kickstarter for space exploration because people seem to have a lot of money to throw away on a lot of crap on that stuff. are you talk about Joel, I want all my video games, you know, <laughs> Kickstarter. Yeah. <laughs> all my stuff. <laughs> I got a Kickstarter for you. Not really. Did you really think I had a Kickstarter? So, yeah, I, was, <laughs> I was waiting for you to plug was, one or something. Really is there a Kickstarter you're excited about?
1: Or? That's cruel.
0: Yeah, it's called the uh, Joel Taurus Needs Some Stuff Kickstarter. <laughs> um, the first, uh, first tier reward is a picture of me autographed by Aaron. <laughs> Second tier reward is a picture of Aaron autographed by Aaron. <laughs> So... Thank you, Joe. We did almost cover everything I wanted to talk about, because I I wanted to talk about the effects on science fiction, but we basically talked about them when we were talking about the models and stuff like that. You you see it everywhere. But uh, I wanted to talk about the bits of the story that most people don't talk about. I don't want to go into the book. Because that it does explain a lot of things that would be otherwise unexplainable just by watching the movie. And I think it is more important to watch the film by itself and get your interpretation uh, just based on what you think happened. Mm. And we've unfortunately already prog- uh, progressed past that point with the three of us because we already talked about uh, what happened in the book. But what do you think the message
1: I, I hate to interrupt you, Joel. No, especially with your 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 awesome train of thought. But what? in speaking about the novel, did you ever consider thinking about the comic books as well? Have you heard about them?
0: Yeah, you know, Robot, Jack Robot Man's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> he was in the the Marvel Zombies recently, right? Yep. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And he wasn't wasn't he on uh, that short lived Warren Ellis? Yeah, team yeah. Series? Next wave. I, I love Warren Ellis. Next wave
1: is awesome. Yeah. Anywho, I just I hadn't I hadn't heard your, your, your opinion on the on the comic book. It is a dream of so, mine to collect all of those comic cool, books. Cool. Jack Kirby, man. I Great have not artist. started yet, but it is a dream that I have nonetheless. They actually made a uh, treasury sized edition of it as well. Oh. If you ever cool. find like a you know, eleven by seventeen or
0: maybe even bigger yeah. edition of it. Gotta hunt one of those down, man. And I'm saving my money up for that twenty five hundred dollar spacesuit action figure. Oh yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Sarah, what do you think the message of the movie was?
2: Do you want me to talk about what I thought was going on, or do you want it to just be open to interpretation? No,
0: I want you. To, I want your interpretation. I don't. I mean, I want you. Uh, anyone who listens to this, feel free to form your own interpretation. But yes, I'd like yours.
2: Well, after we finished watching it, I think my first instinct was to analyze why why we started at the dawn of man and why we went to where we did in the movie and what those landmarks were when this black object appeared. And I was thinking about, um, I was thinking about existence. I was thinking about the soul. I was thinking about um, progress I was thinking about how at the moment when they, <laughs> at the moment when these appeared, um, it was almost a turning point or a point in time that uh, something new was being discovered. And at first I thought maybe it was imparting knowledge on them at that point to get them farther um, than they had been before in to continue going, giving them some kind of information. Um, and then I thought maybe it was metaphorical. Maybe it had something to do with man's desire or quest to understand. And just for the, there's a couple of moments in this movie that I found particularly eerie um, and psychological where I didn't know exactly what was happening to the characters, but there's this tension that's there. Yeah. And I almost found that tension to be, I think, like, base. Baser than what conscious thought is, almost. Almost, like, instinctual. And I think my reaction to it was that possibly this dark object was some metaphorical... Um, visual for maybe some dark underlying base nature in all of us, or maybe something, something to do with greed, maybe, or wanting more than we have, just wanting to continue forward. I don't know. Um, going, I had.
0: <clears throat> going back to Manifest Destiny.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, we were talking about that before, and I. It does, it does, it does kind of remind me of like imperialism too. Mm -hmm. In a way. Because it's conquering another land. It's conquering a new area. Instead of, I don't know. I mean, it almost seemed like these characters were innocent to what they're, what they were going to be doing. They seemed innocent, but curious. And they were following a plan. That had been laid out for them by maybe somebody else. Mm -hmm. um, And they were innocent. But it almost feels like they brought in this like underlying feeling of doom, almost. I don't know how to explain it. The end was so beautiful that I thought, you know, maybe this is some sort of transformation. I I don't know. I, I still don't know exactly what it's about. And then I started to wonder after we talked about the book, which I don't really know all the details of it, I started to wonder if maybe there weren't some sort of analogies in the literature, too.
0: I'm sure there was. I'm not very good at picking up that kind of stuff. I I just kind of read what's on the page and don't analyze too deep. But uh, that's, I mean, what you're kind of blowing my mind just talking about
1: what you're talking about. No, and thank you, Sarah. I think that was awesome. Yeah. (laughs) That was really cool.
2: I don't know if that's what it is or not. No, well, that's your interpretation. <laughs> yeah. So well, it, is,
1: it is what it is. It's not. I, I think the, the point that Joel's trying to make is is that, you know, when you watch this film, you kind of draw your own conclusions.
2: Yeah, you that's know, it, true. You
1: it, know, it, it, in, in like you were discussing earlier about, about the acting in the film – like, it leads a lot to your imagination. Mm-hmm. Like, there aren't... there. You know, this isn't a movie that's narrated heavily. You know, you don't get, like... You're, you're not spoon-fed information. There it's is left for no you to come up with... Yeah, there's no, no narration. Yeah. Thing. So, uh, I think what you said is perfect. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I think my only different. Well, that's no, not even differing. I just... I feel that the film is about progress in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether or not the, 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 the uh, monolith or the black brick... Uh, you know, it was the thing that, that helped that progress, you know, I, that, that's up to the viewer, I think, in a lot of ways, because, you know, I mean, you see these apes and they're touching this, this stone and then out of nowhere, Hey, look, we can kill things now, you know? And, and then, and, and, and I keep going back to the beginning of the film because, um, for some reason in my, in my own personal mind, I, t- I keep trying to connect, like, you know, maybe we aren't so different from those apes that were there in the beginning of the film, you know, they, they knew nothing, you know, before, before this. Uh, before this monolith showed up, they knew nothing, and then suddenly they knew how to survive better. Oh, we're doing so, a, Yeah, scraping the surface
0: yeah. every time. Hello? Uh, Hello? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in fact, on the you know in the moon scene we were literally scraping the surface and that's how mm-hmm. we found that monolith.
2: So don't get the door? No,
0: it's a yeah. Let's, There's let's, someone
2: let's, at the door. Let's There's not get the, the door. door
0: right now. We're almost done. Anyway. Okay, okay. Okay. Oh, that's harsh. Uh, he, he he just wants to go for a walk. Oh, uh, as he does, he's been doing this very often. He probably so I, wants to hang out. Uh, I know. Yeah, he can hang out too. We just gotta finish what we're doing. Yeah, I understand. And if he's got a baby attached, it's your not mission,
2: gonna... if you choose to accept uh-huh. it, is to finish so this podcast. I can hear the podcast. baby outside right now.
0: It's a it's a cry
2: Children aren't allowed in space. <laughs>
0: It's actually a thing in the in the book that he uh, he runs into these people who he's like friends with who had a child in space and it was like the first generation of children born in outer space and she has he describes her of having a, a pixie like look to her because she had grown up in a low gravity situation so her bones. Had grown up or had grown in a completely different way than they would have on Earth, and she had a, a different look—a a beautiful but different look to her than a huh. Earth child would. Yeah. See, I like.
1: I like. I kind of want to read the book now.
0: Yeah. No, you should read the book. You shouldn't read it for the reason I did, which was that I had to know what it was about. I, I feel like interpretation of film is more important than answers. I feel like under. Feelings that art inspire in people is more important than knowing what the artist was thinking when they did it. You know, it's, it's about how your reaction is to what you see, smell, hear, because it's always personal, even when you know what was really, quotation marks, going on.
2: Sometimes I'm fine just walking away not knowing. Yeah. I um I th- there isn't anything wrong with wanting the answer or wanting the story behind something, but it kind of reminds me I used to have a lot of musician friends growing up and um one of my friends used to write songs and and uh I would ask him, "What was that song about?" and um and he'd go, "You know, I don't know if I want to talk about it." And I would convince him to tell me what the song was about. And he'd tell me. And a lot of the time
0: <laughs> Super shallow. he
2: teases me about it now. But I would go, Oh, you're kidding, that's what the song is about? I was imagining it was about this other thing or about something really, you know, interesting. Yeah, but- and and um yeah. and it was almost better for me to imagine what the song was about than actually have him tell me yeah. what it was about. Um and so now there's some things that I just feel like I'm fine with. I don't have to probe farther <laughs> to know. That's what's so great. About,
1: that's what's so great about art. Yeah. It's just your interpretation of it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm not insulting anyone who wants to find
0: answers. I just feel.
1: Well, I mean, I mean, there are some, there is some, there are some films that are specifically like you know finding out the details is is the true intent of the of the piece. You know. So I mean, I, that's why I, I only disagree with you slightly in your in your. Uh, and you're, uh. Uh-huh. Like Street Fighter The Legend of Chun Li. Exactly. You just got to know the right. <laughs> you have to know why she's a Street Fighter. Why? Why, Joel's
0: a legend. Exactly. Yep. I wouldn't really call that a film, though, probably. No. More like a series of sounds and shapes. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so that end scene, that's really hard to talk about in words.
0: That, that was, uh. yeah. yeah. Something else. You yeah, we had to make you rewatch it.
2: <laughs> I'm embarrassed to no, talk about that. No, I don't. I don't that. want. To, we're, we're not going into details. <laughs> okay. I just, I just
0: didn't feel like the full breadth of what was going well, on it's... was interpreted the first time. So we, you got to rewatch. Yeah, it's truly an interpretive <laughs> piece of art, right there. Is that what, last bit like, of the film? Like, okay, describe <laughs> can... it. Uh, he's in a room. He he's he sees himself, but he's older, and he's still in a room. And uh, uh, he's older again, and there's a baby.
2: I'm always reminded of songs when I when I watch stuff like this. <laughs> and um,
0: you're making my dreams come true. <laughs> no, not that one.
2: <laughs> no, um, that last part seems real existential. You know, um, for me. For me, at least it does, but it reminds me, my favorite band is Radiohead and like a lot of the time I'll see art that reminds me of a Radiohead song and I've already had that happen like four times before, but this one kind of reminds me of How to Disappear Completely. Um, Oh, wow. This movie does, kind of.
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Definitely. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what song that is, but yes.
2: Well, I'll play it for you later. Okay. <laughs>
0: Anything
1: else you guys want to say? Uh, nah, man. Uh, thanks for listening to this podcast. Uh, it was, that was a really fun movie. Not uh, about that. Tell me about the movie. <laughs> no, I... I
0: don't I, thank I, the listeners. <laughs>
1: <laughs> How dare you.
0: <laughs> no, I,
1: I think it's it's an amazing movie that truly just needs to be... It It just needs... You need to see it. I don't know. Uh, that's the best I can. That's the best I can. Uh, I, I can get
0: out right now. It, it's just it's it, it, it's a it's a sight to be seen, and to it, be experienced. I feel like it's also important that you sit down and watch the entirety of the movie without distractions, if possible. You know, sit. So uh, the first time I watched it, I was still living with my parents, and I had a, a relatively small television compared to what we have now, and I. Just uh, it was a DVD I got from Netflix, and I I put it in, and I sat directly in front of the TV, and that was enough for me to be overwhelmed by it. You know, luckily I hadn't wasn't distracted by any of my many nephews and nieces. (laughs) And it's I've since seen it in the theater a couple times, and here at the house now. And I feel like if you broke up the movie into parts, other than where like the movie itself splits, I think that that might take away from the experience almost, which it's a difficult thing to to tell somebody they have to do. We don't really live in an age anywhere a- anymore where you could just like take time and, and set aside and watch a f- movie. You know, there's so many distractions and things that you have to be distracted by. Uh, yeah.
2: Do you have a favorite scene?
0: Uh, I like the part where the monkeys are dancing. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> a favorite scene. My favorite scene is probably when they take the lunar lander over to the site. And they they go out and they're all standing in front of the monolith, and that music is playing, the the people singing, and they're all, they're just all standing around it, they don't really know, and then they, I, I think uh, Dr. Floyd reaches out and touches it, and no reaction, but then they all stop to pose for a photo, which is, like, that's cool in itself, like, uh, yeah, you're taking a photo, because this is an important moment, you know, you get, you gotta have a, Something to remember it by and then all of a sudden the signal goes out, that sound just splitting and makes them all kind of cower, kinda of stumble. And I think that whole part is is cool. And that's right before it splits off to what everybody remembers the movie for. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's true.
0: <laughs> How about you, Sarah? Do you have a do you have a favorite scene?
1: Yeah. What's your what's your favorite?
2: My favorite part was um the Although I don't think the point of the movie is the computer or whatever it is that's talking to them. Um, I, uh, my favorite part was when they get into the pod and the camera is going between them talking and you can't hear anything, but you can tell that the, the camera of the computer is reading their lips. Mm-hmm. Um, that was probably my favorite.
0: Pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> Visual. Yeah. I'm getting the whole chills. Movie. <laughs> Just thinking about it. I think
2: No sound necessary. Yeah, <laughs> it no creates needed. so much suspense. Oh. Yeah.
1: So cool. Aaron? Um, my favorite scene. The monkeys. <laughs> I, I do I do enjoy the apes in this movie. I think right. that's pretty awesome. Yes. But I'd have to say that my favorite has to be pretty much any scene where you see an astronaut turning a device <laughs> or pressing a button and just how much effort like oh my gosh turning this thing and you know it really adds like to what Sarah was saying the suspense you know this is serious this is some serious stuff man this is outer space mm-hmm. and that's a button I'm pressing you know there's a lot of implication put into a lot of the tech and just the importance of the advancement of all, all the tech and everything and yeah. it's just right there and, and or you know especially Well, I, I think okay I mean that that's kind of a cop out. I think my I think the the probably when he blows the 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 pod uh, the pod door and I don't know what we're yeah, talking about I, yeah yeah
0: which we already talked about that had to be one of my favorites. Yeah, that's great. I mean, that one, so cool. The whole part is so suspenseful, and uh, even that that begins with him using the device to like turn those yeah things yeah those giant yeah I yeah, think that's cool. That's so good. It's like
2: it's cool. a ship. It's like a. Yeah. Yeah, like, cool.
0: yeah. So basically, it's a 7 out of 10. Anyway. <laughs> no, no. <Joel. laughs>
2: I think this movie is bigger than sci fi as a genre. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it's. Um, yeah, for me, it's a, a necessary watch for anyone who wants to see something that's artistic.
0: Yeah. I think it's as important to. The genre of science fiction, as Planet of the Apes is, and Star Wars is. It is a magnificent piece of art. I believe my review when I first saw it was, "This belongs in a museum." And I was wearing my Indiana Jones hat. No, it wasn't. <laughs> it's was like the, it was the kind of thing I would. I said that I would expect to see just plain on a monitor, at a museum, because it was so beautiful. Just it, it it
1: influences everything, man. I mean, even Independence Day. I mean, woo!
0: There you go. Yeah, you It influ- yeah, it influences everything. Sorry, you 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 drop a Will Smith thing. I got to do that.
2: when you say it's that <laughs> import. When you say it's that important to sci-fi, what I'm thinking is, even if you don't like sci-fi, <laughs> this movie is. It's more than that. Yeah. Yes. You could watch this movie and know nothing about sci-fi and Absolutely. find it moving. Correct. Yeah. The end. No, I'm just kidding.
0: <laughs> Roll credits. I was, just waiting. I, was just waiting. I was just waiting for Aaron to stop yawning. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. So okay. Well, that's that's pretty good. That was, that was. Uh, I think we covered as much as we can in uh, our little little show here. Uh, Aaron, do you want to read? The thing we got, or do you want to save that till like when we actually do the podcast about what he sent us? Well, I, um, I didn't. I didn't know what be, you wanted. Well,
1: because we're, we're we're breaking form and no longer uh, no longer using the randomizer uh, all the time. Yeah. Exclusively, uh, we we did ask people uh, to send in suggestions, perhaps films that, that that we need to see, we need to be tortured by, or just enjoy overall and. Well, uh, what Joel's referencing is, yes, in fact, we did get
0: a reply. We got an email. We got an email. Holy. I can't believe that. When that showed up in the box, I was like, yeah, this must be a mistake.
2: Joel's <laughs> never been so happy in his uh, life.
0: That is not true. <laughs> it's mostly true. <laughs> I haven't been as happy in my podcast life. <laughs> podcast <laughs> life. And uh, full disclosure, uh, the, the the email is from a gentleman named Spencer Seams, and I have been on uh, the Cast Next Door podcast with him, but I'm still very happy that he wrote in. Yeah, thanks, man. Appreciate it. Uh, he's also, let's see, I asked him specifically for some of his credits. He was, besides on the Cast Next Door, he was also on uh, A Talking Cast, which I also did a few episodes of. And he writes for Rhymes with Nerdy and Cinema Night Fight. Some really good stuff. Uh, let's read his email. Get very excited for that? No, nobody, no. Why would anybody look at man? Here, you read it. You read
1: okay, it. Okay. All right. All right. So here it is. Uh, yo, yo, yo! What's up, guys? Longtime listener and first time caller. How is that possible? <laughs> I just watched a '90s Drew Barrymore movie called Doppelganger. It is a lightly fantasy and sci-fi and worth a watch. This is a case to go. This is a case of go into blind. It's worth it. Keep up the fantastic work.
0: Spencer from Delaware. Yeah. Spencer, you're awesome. That's awesome. Thanks for
2: the suggestion.
0: So we're going to watch Doppelganger because we we didn't really have a good idea anyways. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Spencer. uh, That'll be the next episode. And uh, Spencer if it's if it's really bad uh, it doesn't matter it's really good Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but if you have any further uh, suggestions you
1: can, spe- you can you can uh, you can reach us at Twitter at outer space pod or on Facebook at our Facebook page. please don't send me an outer space and I think we might even have an email address. Please don't podcast at gmail.com yeah hmm so yeah reach out to us man let us know. Let yeah, us know what you we want.
0: We are we are paying attention. Definitely, and we appreciate any contact because outer space is very lonely. <laughs> so, did we uh, did we figure out a way to end this thing yet? I mean, uh, other than I had a really good time here. I don't know, man. Live long and prosper. Kapla! That's good. Oh yeah, you said years. I long. was
2: gonna say "Live long and prosper" too. Awesome,
0: live long and prosper. I'll just do a and hand I'll say throw. But I was supposed to go pick up some power converters. Or, or wait, what did it say? <laughs> At the Haji Station. At the Haji Station. <laughs> <laughs> the Station. Whatever. See you guys next time. <laughs> Bye. 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 I always
1: thought it was Haji though. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Haji is the Haji guy from Johnny